Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It is Tuesday, the 23rd of November. We had a cracking show. We've had the All Blacks debate, and that went red hot. We had Texas callers coming through, their opinions for and against with Team Foster. And that was absolutely great chat. Then we had Harry Simeo on talking about Manchester United, the manager's role, and the heat that gets put on the managers over at the EPL in England, they are under a lot of pressure if their teams are struggling and they make a quick change. doesn't matter how long they've been in the job. So maybe something to lead into there. We also had Thomas Grant. Thomas Grant, he is the Bush Pig, Carol's Brook Bush Pigs coach on. And, well, if that's a coach that doesn't have a certain future, then I don't know what does. He was outstanding. He gets balanced. He doesn't know how to coach, so he gets Laurie Maines in to do all the coaching. He just looks after the off-field. He was absolutely outstanding. Trust your pig. Trust your pig. That was the number one thing I got out of that conversation. Trust your pig. Trust your next your mate next to you who is a pig. Anyway, great to chat. Then we've got Aaron Major. Aaron Major is going to talk to us about Moana Pacifica. And I spoke about it. They are exciting squad, and I reckon they're going to surprise a few sides this year. You listen to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. We dedicated this next half an hour for you. For you, our listeners, wherever you are in the country, text us on double eight double three, or give us a call on the Kennard's Higher phone line 0800-150-811 because we're going to talk about the All Blacks and the coaches. And we've got a good text message here coming through from Earl to kick it off. Hey guys. Foster's coaching record has never been good. Has anyone asked why, especially the New Zealand rugby officials that appointed him? That is from Earl. That is a, a good question. You've got to understand that, that, that Steve Hansen, with so much success and how much power he had within the environment, within the team, uh, uh, he was one that was advocating for Fozzie. And Fozzie had done his time within the environment, had done his time within the team, won a World Cup, pretty much won all the trophies, going forward, and uh, everything like that. So uh, I think that's a huge, 
huge reason why they were, uh, that, that kind of appointment happened was Steve Hansen uh, handing on the you know, handing on the sword, I must say. So that, that'll be why. But I want to talk about the um, the assistants. I know we, I was talking off the air to the lads about the assistants and, uh, you know, a, a lot of responsibility has to go on those play, uh, coaches as well and, and talking to Bears about um, Fozzie's role and Helicopter View, giving the right messages out, um, things like that. But then the other guys, they got more hands-on and, yeah, I want to let you ask you the question. Do you think he has the right mixture or has the right team behind him so Fozzie has been able to, uh, for Fozzie to be able to uh, achieve what he wants to? Have we got the right people in the right seats on the bus for this all-black side? Do we? You know, like, obviously Fozzie's taking all the heat because he is our head coach, he is our leader, but he can't take it on by himself he can't do the job by himself he needs a team behind him so does he have the right seats on the bus filled with the right individuals i want to hear from you at home give us a call 0800 150 811 and we'll have a chat about that bazza mate i reckon that is a great question and the question to follow on from that is is the bus Mm. heading in the right direction and that's the thing that I'm not quite sure about. I think that's what some of maybe New Zealand's not sure about is does the person who's mm. sitting in that front seat in the driver's seat actually know which direction he's heading? Now, if we if we listen to what Ian Foster's saying when he was asked yesterday if he felt under pressure heading into the summer, this is what he had to say. No, I've, like I just said, I think when you, when you look at the overall year and you look at where, what we've achieved... Um, I think when you look at the context of that and the growth, then I think there's been a, a, quite a significant growth from last year. We've got a whole whole bunch of players that a number of them have come up here for the first time, haven't been up here for three years and experienced that. And collectively, I you know I think there's there's some you know I really believe in the group that we're doing what that we've got at the moment. So that's. I mean, you want to probably hear that, and the players would probably want to hear that, that the head coach yep. believes in the group. <sighs> he also did make mention of the fact and the comparisons between the New Zealand winter and their 15 test matches yep. and their performance of 12 test wins and, and three test losses and the comparison to the other teams that they were playing against mm. um, or the other teams' years that they had and, and made reference to Australia into South Africa. So, I don't know about yeah, you. Yeah, I didn't like that, Bez. No. I didn't think... Nah, that, was, that was kind of like deflecting. It was kind of deflecting away from him trying to put the spotlight on other sides. And look, he's got a... Like, the All Blacks, everyone's so passionate. They want to see them win. And when they don't win, you know, everyone erupts. So... Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's an interesting one, and there's a, there's we've got a call on the line, Bears, and we're going to go across. We're going to talk to John from Christchurch. He wants to chat about the All Blacks. Good morning, John. Hey guys, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Good. What, yeah, do you got for what do you got for us? I'm um, the same. Like I, uh, uh, you know, not a fan of Foster, but it, it's everyone around him that's um, in the same boat. Um, but 
at the end of the day, he's the one who selected his team to help him coach this team. Mm. And um, since yeah. I've actually been on board, the whole lot of them, it's been a steady progression backwards and not forward. And and a lot of these guys have actually played in that team when Shag was coaching with Fozzy. Um, so how do they all start going backwards all of a sudden if it's not coming from the top? And and really, at the end of the day, Fozzy is the one who's accountable because he's he's assembled the team around him. And obviously, everyone's yep. not responding to them and they're not dealing as a unit themselves. That's how I see it anyway. Yeah, no, you're, you're spot on, mate. You're spot on. He's, he's selected... The, ava- the coaches that were available at the time, and, and yeah, you've made a valid point there. Things haven't changed. They haven't been innovative. They haven't come in and, and stamped their own mark. Um, for you, do you feel like it's uh, just, is it, is it Steve 1.2? Is it or what you're seeing with how they're playing? Well, how they're sure. kind of well, I was going to ring you yesterday. I had a question for you, mate. What the hell did David Harvilly do to actually get dropped for those last two games? And, and then mm. move that midfield yeah. around. When he's been so steady all year, um, everyone's been talking yeah. him up as probably our best back in the team all bloody year, and then all of a sudden, mm. um, he doesn't get to play the last two crucial games. What did he do wrong? Yeah. And who's making those decisions well, to keep someone who's actually been steady and up that back line um, and given us momentum, like a Jack Butchew does, um, to suddenly not be mm. there? So who's making those decisions? Yeah, no, you're right. You're spot on there, mate. And I, I, my, my answer is, when you're under pressure, you got to try and make a decision, and you and you got to make a change to try and act like you're making a right decision. And I think they went down that that line, mate. And I totally agree. I, I, I think David Harvey is our best twelve in our team. So I, I really appreciate your call, John. No worries, thanks, boys. Thanks, John. Hey, it's just to follow on from that. Um, Kirsten mm. Beef had uh, Frank Bunce on. Um, their show on the drive show yesterday yep. afternoon that was a great chat actually it was fantastic and he actually made mention as well of of that exact point um that we were just talking about then that that the mm. combinations so back in the day they were so used to like there was bunts and little and it was you know yeah like, it was he said even um mccarhill and uh, uh what was it sorry you know um oh crikey uh smoke and joe was it back in the day and it's and the combinations in the midfield, especially, are so important. There's good, there's gun players there, but you need to know where your mates running and when they need, where you need to be, mm. and bouncing off those combinations. If we're chopping and changing constantly, then how do you get your flow? How do you find that that settled you place can't. where you just bounce you, off you, each other? You can't, Bez. You can't. And, and you're, you know, a big advocate of this, and I know someone. And just up the road from me is a huge advocate for for cohesion and building those connections. I totally agree, mate. Like one week David's playing with Rico, and then next week he's playing with Anton. Totally different players. Totally different players. They both have a different skill set. One likes to bounce out on the outside. One will run a nice short ball. So getting those connections and understands, mate. Frank Bunce is right on the money. You can't you can't build it, and and it is hard. It is hard. And and that was a great call um, from from James. And uh, Christchurch, I really appreciate your call, mate. And a very insightful and great question. Hard-hitting questions, but keep those calls coming through. 0800 150 Anything regarding that. We've got a few texts too. Baz, you want to you wanna read a couple out, bud? Yeah, they're good. From that audio clip of Foster you just played, it comes across to me that Foster has low standards as he was happy with that. Well, to just back that up, and they're happy with the comparison as well between other teams. 
I did a couple of stats, Izzy, for you. The All Blacks over their career have played 494 test matches with a winning percentage of 75.1. South Africa, 516, a winning percentage of 62. Australia, 654, with a winning percentage of 50. There is no comparison between the All Blacks and anyone else. So the fact that we're comparing them now after the the season Mm -hmm. we've had and trying to seek solace in that is a little concerning. Another text here, Izzy, this one's from Blair. Izzy, those seats on the bus were selected by Foster. Um, Ian Foster, yep. this is the next one. Ian Foster selected his own coaching team when they applied for coaching roles. So still his fault. Ian Foster was a good assistant, just not up to top job because he was he has no vision. Well, maybe. I'm not sure. I don't know. Or maybe he's not mm-hmm. getting enough support from his coaches around him. Or maybe he's not getting enough support from his senior players or his leaders. Does it all come down to him? Mm. Who knows? And I guess that's the... The beauty of it. I want to. I want us to play this uh, one clip from Scott Robertson yesterday as well, um, Izzy, and yep. that's when he was asked by Smitty and, and plenty of media yesterday what he made of the All Blacks' form, and he was naturally a little cagey on the topic. Uh, look, I'll, I'll, with the All Blacks stuff, I'll, I'll uh, leave my um, my point of view private. Probably, I think it's a bit no hurting at the moment, so. Uh, Look, I've got my opinions on it, but I think it's probably not the right time to express them. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) And really, he's in a tough situation there, isn't he? (laughs) It was always going to happen. It was always going to happen, mate. He was never going to talk about it and come out like that. Um, And he's he's right. It's it's, it's not the right time for, you know, the the bells are ringing for for, uh, Razor to get in that job and, and take over. Um, so it definitely wouldn't have helped his credentials if he come out and ripped them to shreds. So that was always going to be the answer from him, mate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really interesting, isn't it? And this is it's just such a subject which gets everyone in New Zealand going. And mm. you know, like we're not sitting here, and I know you're not sitting here because you've got a, you know real affection for both Fozzie and also yeah. Razor. Um, but you're just merely pointing out a couple of concerns and. And th- there is some holes in that system at the moment. So, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And it's it's a difficult one. And we can, we'll can we keep debating it as we go right throughout the morning as well. Um, oh, mate, I don't, I don't know what the answer is. But it's been fascinating to sit back and listen to <laughs> the airwaves over the last 24 hours in particular. And your take on it. It just shows, eh? It just shows how passionate we are as a country for our beloved All Blacks team and, and we want to see them doing well. And, and look, on the other side, you, you feel for for the um, the their coaches. They don't want this to, to happen and they don't want this to happen. And, the, you know, I've been on the other side, Baz. Been on the other side when you get ripped to shreds on talkback shows. So I'm not all about that. And I've, I've been on the side, and my family, you know, what it feels for them. So, look, I get an understanding. Um, I, feel, I feel for them. So it is, it is a difficult situation, but uh, we we just we just want to see that team playing well and going well, and and you know people have their opinions and and want to have their assumptions of what's happening. So that's that's the world we live in. Everyone has an opinion. Yep, no, you're spot on, mate, and that's a that's a valid point you make as well. Um, I reckon maybe even on the other side, I wouldn't mind if if I get the opportunity to maybe just talk you through a couple of the le- leadership things that we did it. New Zealand cricket yeah, to be able to try and change things up a little bit and maybe explain that, how we got the, the people, I feel like we got the people in the right seats on the bus heading in the right direction and also 
couple of other sort of experiences around the world where it maybe not, hasn't worked as well. So we might do that on the other side. How's about how lucky I was just then, mate? By the way, I, I just got my little McCafe coffee dropped off by Mark Cheddick. Why can't I start and guess who he bought in? Chetty, Chetty. He bought me some bacon and he bought me the one, the only, what? Opie Boston. Yeah, mate. Opie He's Boston in the house. <laughs> Tell him, boy, the perfect the pink, baby. <laughs> <laughs> How good is that, eh? Crikey, I, I saw Louis, he looked down the camera and he got up and he was doing a little jig, a little dance, he was pumped, there's only one Opie Boston, there's about this, my extent of my singing, I'm Baz Nizzy for breakfast, big thanks to Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Give us a call anytime on the Kennard's High phone line 0800 150811, we've got Simon on the line, now we're going to get to him in just a sec, but before that, remember at 8am we are putting the spotlight on a spotlight on SNZ's Wellington Frequency, 7.11am, and we're giving you the chance to win $711 with Baz and Izzy's radio frequencies. All you have to do is get to 10 questions right for the whole cigar. Based on today's quiz, we won't be giving out too much money, but you never know, Is might just get a little kinder on it. And we've got Simon on the line, and I reckon he might have a little question, and is probably something that you can answer. You there, Simon? Lads, good morning. How are we? Good. Good, Good, sorry. mate. What do you got for us? Mate, uh, I'm going to go a bit left field here. Just wondering from your guys' point of view, um, you know how some coaches go from an assistant role into the head coach within the same environment? Uh, some can step up and obviously some struggle. So, I mean, Shag did obviously quite well going from that assistant to head coach. He's a bit of a cop. He's a bit of a hard nose. And maybe, I don't know, Foster was, he never really had to make those hard decisions as an assistant. Now he's in a head coach role. He's got to make those decisions. But he's also got to remember that, you know, he probably wants to be mates. He wants to keep like a bit of a mature level with all the players and make sure everybody's happy and friends, but actually doesn't really want to get stuck in and tell people that, you know, you need to do some hard work. I'm going to drop you. I'm going to pull you in to do this. Um, Obviously, Bears, you're now in a coaching role from a player's position. Um, you know, is that is that a common thing in that sort of professionalism background? Yeah, yep. Oh, yep. I was going to get his to go, but I'll, I'll pick it up here as well. Um, it's a really good point, mate. Like, really, really good point is um, how do you go from, I guess, sitting on a separate seat in the bus to now being the one who's driving the bus? Because it is a very unique difference in... And what your role is, I don't think it's um, it's unachievable at all. And in fact, that is one of the jobs of the coach is to be growing the head, uh, the assistant coaches around him to be aspirational enough to take on head coaching roles. But providing that you then are able to um, allow them to to understand what what's required in the head coaching role, I'm a firm believer that in um, Simon that in head coaching roles, you are the one who who uh, has a, a firm grasp over the pulse of the group. And you've got to be that one who is, unfortunately, the, the little bit of the headmaster as well. And you've got to pull guys into line when things aren't good. You can't just keep slapping them on the back. Um, and and I guess there's different leadership structures which are required um, for different environments and different, different cultures, different ethnicities. But somehow you've got to try and get everyone pulling together to try and achieve a common goal. And if you're not able to do that, then 
It doesn't necessarily mean that you can't be a head coach, but you might need to bring in expertise around you that can cater for where you're a little bit deficient, if that makes sense. Does that does that make sense, Simon? Yeah, mate, yeah, yeah, because, I mean, um, I think it, yeah, it's that background support and um, that sort of is going to drive you to make those decisions because it could be the one that could be on the fence with a couple of players and then there's actually no one there to back him up and just say, nah, I've got you, you're the right person, mm. you know, go ahead with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Simon, I've been coached by uh, by Steve and, and Fozzie and, um, yeah. you know, Steve, mate, when he spoke... You listened, and you were actually on the edge of your seat. You, he was very straight to the point at you, and he wasn't wasn't afraid to put you out on, on on the pedestal in front of your teammates, which is the hardest thing to do as well, you know. And, and as a player, yeah. you're probably thinking, "Man, this is the worst thing," but you're going to get a reaction out of it. My only question marks was if Fozzie did that. I don't know. I don't know. I've seen him as an assistant. I haven't seen him as a key coach, so I don't know if he does that. Would that get the the players to be able to? adapt, react to it. I just that's the only question mark. He's a nice guy, lovely bloke, you know, a lot of time for him, but just when he has to do the hard questions and make those hard decisions, can it happen? That's the only question mark I had. Beauty lads. Also, can you guys make me some more money? You guys are killing me at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try, we'll try. We'll just keep listening. Sorry, brother. We're all just hurting a little bit at the moment, Simon, but hang in there. <laughs> it was a tough weekend, brother. Tough weekend. Tough. <laughs> uh, good man. Hey, take care, brother. Thank, Thank you, mate. Good man. Hey, just just to follow on from that as well, um, is in Simon's question about transitioning from a player or an assistant through to head coach role. So I was I was a player mm. at Trinbago Night Riders, and I was playing with those guys for three or four years, and then I transitioned straight into the head coaching role there, and the relationships yep. I thought were good. But it wasn't until Dwayne Bravo, who I consider a fantastic leader of men, and he said to me at one stage, you've got to be the bad cop sometimes too. When you're with us and yeah. part of the team, you could always be the good cop. But when you're the, when you're the head coach, you've also got to be the bad cop too. And that was a tremendous lesson for me that I had to also, mm. and as mm. much as I didn't want to do it, because I like making people happy, not necessarily making them sad, but sometimes you need yep. some truth, right? And that's your job as the head coach. Yep. And if you can't do that, then you need to provide, bring someone into the environment that can also help you to, to be able to um, deliver those tough messages. And maybe that's something that Ian Foster could look at, bringing in someone mm. a little bit a little bit sort of old and surly even, you know, to be able to just remind yep. people of what the old era used to be like. But we've got plenty more to come. Appreciate all your calls as well. Yeah, no, great call. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. All right now we're going to talk some EPL. The English Premier League vaulted back into action over the weekend with a classic amount of drama. There was blowout wins, tense draws, and the little old case of Manchester United sacking another man- manager. Dairy me. Harry Simeo is our man in the UK. All things football. He's an outstanding commentator and broadcaster and joins us now. Morning, Harry. Morning, guys. How are we doing? <sighs> We're doing good, mate. We're doing good. We're, the phone lines are running hot here. Uh, don't know if you know about the, the, the Team All Blacks, but we're having a tough time at the moment, mate, here in New Zealand. Things aren't going well. A bit like my Manchester United. <laughs> 
Yeah, Manchester United have had a, a turbulent week, to put it uh, to put it kindly. They've, um, to be honest, it's been quite clear that they needed to change the manager for a little while now. Mm. Um, they were putting it off, putting it off, and and in the end, I think missed out on the one realistic or at least good enough target that they could have acquired, and that was Antonio Conte, who since decided to join Spurs. I mean. If a Manchester United had acted two or three weeks earlier, they could have had who I believe to be probably the best coach in Europe at the helm at the minute. So I think they've really missed the boat. I feel a little bit sorry for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because he should have never been given the job in the first place. And you could tell that he wanted to do well. But I don't know if you guys have seen it. He gave an exit interview, which is just completely unheard of uh, yesterday, in which he talked about how he'd given his best and he talked about the friends he'd made along the way and, and various other things. It was just all a little bit cringe, if you ask me. And it was Manchester United desperately trying to justify a decision that was clearly the wrong one from the outset. So where do me and you go now? Where, what direction do you think they're potentially going to head down and, and who are they going to acquire to take over the, the coaching role, manager's role? It's a, it's a really difficult one now for Manchester United because, as I say, the timing's not ideal um, we're heading into mm. the Christmas period, which is a really packed period of the football schedule. There's games sort of every three days. They've got a massive European game coming up uh, tomorrow against Villarreal, which is huge. Um, it, it's, a, it's a hard one. I think Maurizio Pochettino, who is a former Spurs manager, is probably the, the ideal candidate. But of course, he's at Paris Saint-Germain at the moment. And the question is, would he be willing to leave mid-season? Some reports today are suggesting that he would be. But PSG are not a club that struggle for money. Therefore, how do you prize him away? How do you break that contract? Mm. You know, they're, they're quite within their rights to say no. Brendan Rodgers, the Leicester manager, has also been linked with a move uh, to Manchester United. But he's having a difficult time with Leicester this season. And I, I guess that would put doubt in some people's minds. I think what's crazy about this whole situation is it looks likely that Manchester United, who have appointed Michael Carrick, uh, one of the coaching staff as the interim manager, are then going to put another interim manager to kind of get them through to the end of the season, which is crazy. Very scary. Uh, hey, Harry, can you explain just a little bit of uh, the pressures on EPL managers of, of the major clubs? We've obviously got our situation with the All Blacks, but just the extreme pressure that they get put on during the Premier League. Yeah, the, the Premier League is, is obviously the top sort of football product in the world and, and it never feels like any manager is safe at any point. You know, they're always under pressure. They need results immediately. There seems to be no patience in the sport anymore and particularly at the bigger clubs where they are spending crazy amounts of money on transfers year, year out. I mean, we saw Tottenham Hotspur sack Nuno Espirito Santo sort of eight, nine games into the season. It just seems crazy. The pressure is huge. Um, I think actually managers are unfairly treated in the sense of, you know, you can do all the preparation, you can have the tactical plan set out, but if your players don't deliver, then that's ultimately what you're going to live and die by. And I think we've had, we have seen a lot of times uh, in recent years, managers who probably were doing the right things lose their jobs because the players maybe weren't bought into it or, or weren't giving the effort or just simply weren't performing. So the pressure's huge. And, you know, it's easier to change a manager than it is to change a 22-man squad. And so the manager will always be the first one to bite the bullet, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a tough old situation. You can give them everything and the players um, sometimes don't react to what's going on. Hey, mate, talk to us about Arsenal. 
Arsenal, they just got an absolute trouncing from Liverpool. Where are you sitting with your beloved Arsenal, mate? Well, with Arsenal, it's it's you know it's one of those situations where I think we all accept that we're going through a rebuilding phase. Um, you know, we've yeah. been unbeaten in our last ten going into that match. Uh, that eight of them were in the league. It was six wins and two draws, which was pretty impressive form. Arsenal is still within touching distance of the Champions League places, which will be the ultimate goal this season. Um, we're not on the level of Liverpool. You know, going to Anfield was and coming away with a result was always going to be a big ask. It always felt like it was going to be too much of an ask for this current crop. I think we coped really well for the first sort of 40 minutes and the goal we conceded just before half-time certainly swung the pendulum in Liverpool's favour and we capitulated off the back of that. So I think we can take some encouragement from the fact that the game wasn't over in 20 minutes, which it tends to be when we go to Anfield. But um, still a long way to go. And, and a bit of a reality check with regards to where Arsenal currently are and, and how much work still needs yeah. to be done, but not something we should overreact about. Okay. Harry, we're going to let you go, mate. We really appreciate your expertise and insights over there in the EPL. Thanks, bud. Yeah, so it's great to have you on. You can hear the kids in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, sorry about that. My son broke free from the other room. <laughs> nah, no, don't it, be sorry. We, we know it's, we know it's what real. it's like. <laughs> Good man. There was Harry Simeo. All things e- EPL football over there in the UK, and we're going to get to all of your texts very shortly. You guys are absolutely on fire on the text machine, so we're going to get to those very soon here in the morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SNZ. <laughs> Mate, this is an experienced coach, all but 21 years of age. How good. Let's stay with rugby, but go a bit off-roading here. Under 85s rugby in the team's inaugural season. The Carisbrook Bush Pigs beat out the two-cupper Bantams to win the New Zealand Barbarians under 85 final on Saturday. It's a league New Zealand rugby are trying hard to promote, giving smaller blokes a chance to play at a national level. Carol's book lads are sure to be a bit worse for wear, yeah? Following a big, mad Monday down and done. As fortunately for us, their coach Thomas Grant has kindly wiped off the dust and he's joined us now. How's the head, Thomas? How about uh, wiping off the dust? Yeah, I'm in the hurt like a big time. Um, a lot of <laughs> Yeah, no, it's been, a, it's been a big few days. Huge few days. Oh, mate. Oh. Don't you love it when the That's coach so gets right in amongst it, mate? Hey, tell us about tell us. Baz, Baz has got a question for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, it's Baz here, mate. Hey, so you say you're still yeah, yeah. you're still in the pit and wiping off the dust in the hurt locker. Whereabouts are you living down there? Are you in South Dunedin still, or or is that uh, just where the team resides from? No, I'm up in up in Roslyn in Highgate. So. Get a look over the beautiful city, oh, which is uh, which is good enough on a on a dusty Tuesday. Oh, yeah, that's a bit not, flash not, for a twenty-one-year-old rugby manager up in yeah, Austin. They're, they're charging is. heavy in intro level there. Well, funnily enough, the landlord's actually uh, Jimmy Lynchy, so it's it's mates mates. Um, so oh, that's got pretty good. Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> Very lucky. <this> <laughs> He's a champ. He's a champ. <laughs> Where was the celebrations yeah, held? We uh, oh, I'm trying to recap it all in my head now. As he, uh, obviously, I only jumped on the sketch about five hours ago. Um, yesterday, we're at the, the Southern Rugby Club, home of the, the Mighty Magpies. Um, oh, just Park. Get up, son. Yep, 
yeah, Bathgate Park. Uh, about nine showed up, um, which was pretty expected. Um, Saturday night, we're on the pillars of Pukekura Park um, till 4am, so apologies to the New Plymouth locals um, for all the noise. Um, I think we sang Queen We Are The Champions about 20 times on repeat, so yeah, apologies to them. And um, Super Sunday, where was Super Sunday? Uh, I actually can't remember, I'm trying to, trying to figure it off the head. We're on the plane. Uh, we were at New Plymouth Airport. Um, a couple of boys obviously cheated off to sleep on the plane, but we got back um, and we charged on for a, for a massive Super Sunday as well. So, yeah, it's, it's been a bloody big few days to this year. Um, trying to find the trophy currently. Um, I know that one of the one of the lads in, in the 28 squad has it. I'm just trying to find out which one that is. So uh, hopefully I can track that down relatively soon. <laughs> oh, how good when the coach is leading the way. That's how you set an example. Follow me, son. Follow me. How good. Hey, tell no, us about yeah. this first season, bud. Tell us about this first season. You enjoy it? Oh, it's, it's been bloody fun. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah, call me coach, but we've actually been pretty lucky to have John Leslie in, um, sort of running pretty much rugby yeah. content. Um, just I just sort of run, run the cutter off the field, but John, um, yeah, he, he offered to come in and be a technical advisor, but really he's, he's coach of the pigs. So uh, he got them all humming on the field, and um, oh, it's, it's been unreal just to introduce 85s down here in Dunedin for the, for the first time. And um, oh, I guess the cool thing for us is that we brought like eight lads back into the game that were, were sitting on the couch and not playing. So, um, you know, that, I think that's the real success story for us is that we can provide. You know, rugby the lads that don't want to play the big heavy artillery stuff, but they can come in and play some fast 85s. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Bring John Leslie in. So that, what, what a great little bit of, uh, you know, offloading some to some expertise. Maybe that could yeah filter up up in our uh, in our rugby world as well. But so what uh, what sort of coach are you then, Thomas? You, you talk about you like to get things together off the field, but what sort of you know, what's, where's your real strength? Pulling the boys together and, you know, one common goal? Yeah. I'm probably at the stage, Baz and Izzy, where I haven't actually figured out my coaching philosophy yet. Um, <laughs> I get, get I get real nervous. It works. Real nervous pre-game. Yeah, it has worked somehow. Um, I get real nervous pre-game. I was sitting beside John, at, you know, for the whole duration of the grand final when he was actually grabbing my arm really tight um, for the whole 80 minutes. So I was pretty surprised by it. How he reacted, he uh, he was real, real nervous. But oh, for me, I tried to deliver a couple of good speeches, a classic Ray Warren or two. But um, yeah, to be fair, <laughs> just try to fill up the boys more than anything. Yes, beautiful. Hey, uh, hey, mate, give us a little uh, radio worthy answer to this. Yeah, bush pigs. Where'd you get the name <laughs> from? Where's the name come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Radio yeah, worthy. Head up, yeah. Radio ready, yeah, no, keep it, keep it PG. Uh, we had, uh, obviously, <laughs> obviously had, had Karis Brook, and that's a testament to the, the history of the Dunedin Stadium. Uh, Baz, you had some great times there as a young fellow, and is he? Um, oh, yeah. But the Bush Pig, we sort of went around boys, and we had a lot of lot of different animals thrown out there, but um, it was the Bush Pig that stuck out for the boys. We had a vote um, in the sheds, and the Bush Pigs won by a landslide. Um, so I think it's been received uh, relatively well by 20% of New Zealand. By about twenty yeah, percent yeah. of New Zealand, <laughs> <laughs> something different. Just, just, just for just before we let you go, just 
explain to us like the the style of play that the Carisbrook Bush, Bush Pigs played. The, was it expansive? Was it sort of more of a pod system, or was it just a real kind Direct. of sailor v you know hail mary type of performance? Oh, John brought in the mantra of trust your pig. Um, that was his thing that he that he led us by. So whatever you take from that, um, <laughs> I I don't quite understand that. But to me, that's that's you know wear your heart on your sleeve when you're when you're on the field. You're, you're playing for your pig beside you. Um, but we did want to play a barbarian style of footy and entertain the crowd. Um, yeah, I think pretty pleased to say we scored some awesome tries and um, yeah, entertain the crowd on and off the field on on a bit of social media as well, which was. Trust your pig. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Very good. Well, we're gonna we're gonna let you go, Thomas. But congratulations, mate, on all your success as coach and all the boys there at the Carisbrook yeah, Bush Pigs. Maybe you can go down to the old Kensington Tavern, or maybe slide past Nanking Palace down in there in South Dunedin and pick up a nice little nine dollar Chinese takeaway to celebrate. All the very best, mate. Thanks for joining us on Bads and Izzy for breakfast here on SENZ. Fantastic, lads. Thanks very much for having me. Oh, what a oh, How big is his coaching future, just quietly? The ability to yeah. be able to Watch pass out, on responsibility. <laughs> eh? Eh? The ability to be able to pass on responsibility to others in various areas that he needs to drum up yeah. a, a common a common goal amongst an eclectic mix of personalities, no doubt, from all walks of life. A- astonishing. Astonishing coaching future in front of Thomas Grant. We appreciate his time. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Big thanks, Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Someone that has no problems. He's created an awesome environment and a great squad that I think are going to surprise a fair few teams heading into Super Rugby. With the naming of Super Rugby squads yesterday, it was a historic day for Moana Pacifica as they named their first ever squad to take on the new version of Super Rugby, the squad features plenty of experience mixed with some form horses from the MPC and my mighty Hawks Bay Magpies are a big part of Aaron Major's Moana Pacific team and he has joined us this morning. Good morning, Ezra. Good on, Izzy. Mads, how you going? Good, brother. Going good. Going good. Uh, Ez, mate, uh, you must be pretty proud and happy uh, with the squad that you've assembled, mate, I've been talking about it over the last couple of weeks. I've, I'm pretty excited to see, uh, you know, this this team unleash and unlock some some defences going into Super Rugby. I think you got the talent to do it. You must be pretty proud and happy, mate. Yeah, we're really happy with the with the squad. Um, as you said before, real good balance of um, experienced guys. You know, guys like uh, Jack Lamb, Sakopi mm. Kipu, Christina Leopano, Ray Nuia. Um, yeah, Henry Tofu, we've, we've got a lot of experience in there. Guys have yep. Um, yep. had a taste at this level and excelled at this level and obviously internationally as well. And then we've got some really exciting talent coming through, eh? Guys that all, uh, I think we've found some real gold nuggets in there. Um, guys like mm. your Solomon Saki, you talked about some of those Hawks Bay boys before, Lincoln McClutchy, uh, Eddie Anari, who I thought was outstanding during the NPC this year, uh, just to name a few. So really excited about those younger guys um, having this opportunity, and as you know, mate, first um, first time full professionally um, coming out the back end of their first pre-seasons, um, our guys will be ready, so exciting time for us. Hey, what's going to be the, the biggest challenge for you, you feel, to be able to unlock this talent? We've got a lot of talent on paper, but for you to unlock it, what, what's going to be the biggest task and challenge to be able to do that? 
Oh, mate, I think it's like any any team, eh? It's um, just creating mm. the right environment. And we've got, we've got some real yeah. uh, rich history and some really special people uh, to help guide our guide our journey. Um, so it's just about how, how quickly we can bring that together. There's, there's no doubt uh, we'll be successful in time. It's just um, what that looks like through our first pre-season together. We'll have a good feel after like, we're in December as a team until January the 5th three-and-a-half weeks of pre-season training before we have a couple of pre-season hit-outs against the Chiefs and the Highlanders. And then we'll get a good feel for exactly where we're sitting. Um, mm. Yeah, and between now, it's all the things we can control. Eh? It's bringing our team together. It's creating some shared experiences. It's creating our expectations and um, finding our ways. So a lot of work to be done, but um, some pretty special people mm. uh, involved. And I know we've got a really excited uh, team, a really excited staff, really excited board, really excited community yeah. around uh, the journey ahead. Hey, as a Baz here, just um, just go on a little bit about that uh, the staff that you've created as well, the uh, the personalities that you've got in there, and and how they sort of complement your coaching style. Can you explain a little bit to the, uh, to us about that? Yes, obviously. Uh, Phil Altieti is going to be a board coach, uh, assistant coach, alongside me. Uh, we have a uh, couple of other coaches that I'm, I'm not sure if I'm actually going to tell you at the moment because I think they're getting revealed at some stage. So um, <laughs> but they've, they've been working hard. Or even uh, just over, their coaching uh, styles. <laughs> I, I might, might get a bit of a smack on the hand if I uh, share that information just, <laughs> just now. Um, yeah. yeah, obviously for us, it's it's about understanding how we how we build belief, eh? how we build belief in our mm. players, how we build belief in our team. Yeah. So. When we step out onto the park uh, on that first competition game, 18th of February against Brumbies, our boys believe uh, that we're good enough to be here and we're good enough to compete with with anybody. Um, so that's been the the mandate really for the for the coaching staff so far is, is how we bring that out, um, creating a real sort of fearless mentality with our with our players and our team to to go out and do this our way, you know have the courage to, to play yeah. our style. We don't want to be the Crusaders, the Blues or the Chiefs or any other New Zealand team. We want to be Moana Pacifica, uh, authentically mm. Moana Pacifica and, and make sure uh, that's reflected in how we play on the field. It's refreshing, it's innovative. We have our Pacific flair. Clearly we have some, some pretty powerful DNA in our athletes. So our job as a coaching team is to bring all that out. So um, it'll be an encouraging, supportive environment. Uh, that's how I operate. And that's how I believe we're going to get the best out of our our, our players. Mate, I've been um, I've been following Moana Pacifica on uh, Instagram, mate, and uh, I've been watching the way you've been able to connect the team back to the community. And I saw you announcing the games with a lot of the um, uh, essential workers around the Moana uh, Auckland area and where you've been able to do is that a huge impart- importance to this team? And especially you've got a guy like KJ Arpa who's, uh, who was announcing the squad as well, mate, and his influence on the big stage. So you must be pretty proud of, of how you've been able to connect back to the community and, and really get this team off the ground. Yeah, we are. I'm, I'm just a small part of that. I'm really proud of our people that have, that have put all that together, like our... Um, our media team have, have been outstanding and we talk about being innovative and refreshing. Just That's a good mm. example eh, of, of how, how we want to do things. Um, yeah. do, it, do it our way. Oh, cool. so they, they've done an awesome job there. When you talk about the people involved, 
um, you know, Sir Brian Williams, Michael Jones. Like, this has been a long time in the making for Sir, Sir BG. Mm. 26 years he's been pushing for a team, you know, and we're finally here. And it's an opportunity mm. for um, Pacifica Rugby to, to stand on our own two feet. And, and you guys, or you in particular, that you've played with a lot of your uh, Samoan Tongan brothers over the years, Fijian brothers yeah. for, for the All Blacks or for the Crusaders. It seems for the benefit of New Zealand rugby or for those franchises. Now's the mm. opportunity for Wana Pacifica to stand on their own two feet, create a program that represents our people, that represents our history, but also represents the future and create a pathway not only yeah. for our for our players, but for um, you know future doctors and physios and analysts and coaches and uh, in mm. anybody in any walk of life really. So uh, that's what we. Uh, plan to do that. Their aspiration made us to really connect our our community and, and inspire them eh, with with how we are, uh, both on and off the field. Yeah. So I think we're doing some really awesome stuff at the moment already. Um, the exciting yeah. the exciting part is we get to bring that to life eh, when our team assemble. We uh, start throwing the ball around. Yeah, yeah, mate. I can expect to hear you throwing a few chahus around the around the field, mate. Being coached <laughs> by you, you you don't stand on the sides, mate. You're in there getting amongst it, doing that razzle dazzle. So I really appreciate your time on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast, Ezra. And uh, Ezra. good luck, mate. I'm looking forward to watching Moana Pacifica push a lot of teams and play some exciting brand of footy that Super Rugby needs, mate. So thanks very much. Yeah, Metaki Master, Izzy, Baz. Uh, good to see you guys doing a great job too. Thanks, Ezra. Awesome, brother. Awesome. There you go. That was Aaron Major, the head coach. Of Moana Pacifica, he was—he's uh, a good man, good man, Ezra, and he really connects back to the to the community and the and the Pacific, the PI brothers of our rugby teams. They are huge importance to why uh, our teams and in the All Blacks particularly. We've had so many Pacific Islanders in the All Blacks being successful, and they've been outstanding. But anyway, we're back shortly.